you for joining us. This is Paul. And Chris. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, we have had a lot of fun here on the show lately. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the the sled pull episodes that we've been doing since, you know, that's that's where we're at in this industry, um, or this time of year, I should say. Yep. And, uh, you know, we had Josh McCormick on last week. Um, little follow-up, his street truck, his tow rig, as he called it, just did 2,100 horsepower Ooh. on uh, Power Driven's dyno and over 3,000 feet pound of torque. Damn, son. That's a that's a crazy tow rig. That's a UCC truck. That that, yeah. that But that's not his UCC truck. I know, I know. That's what's even crazier, right? So it was cool to see that this past week. Speaking of UCC, I got an email uh, with a pretty massive update to UCC. Ooh, 2022, huh? 2022. Okay. Um, the story around the sewing circle is that they are going to allow teams to compete, not just individuals. Okay. Uh, and your team will be allowed to have up to two trucks. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. That's a curveball. So you could still go with one truck and try okay. to run it in all three events, or you could have two trucks and your team will compete with those two trucks. Hmm. I am dying to get Chris Sierra on so we can find out yeah, more about this. I want to know. I yeah. need to know every single detail. I also would like to talk to some of the, the competitors and find out, like, I think Justin Ziegler's going to build two trucks? I mean, is it that? Tony or is Burkhart, it, two is trucks? It, is it that or is it that these guys team up? And is it two trucks compete together? And it's like, you know, it's like a, a sack race, right? You know, you have two yeah. guys and two trucks, well, whatever. I I got a lot of questions. Yeah. Can I, I just say a lot of questions? I don't have those answers, Paul. <laughs> guys, don't worry. We will be chasing them down. Uh, also want to give a big shout out to Patrick Ellis. Did you see his post? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Ellis, host of the Diesel Podcast. Yep. Great guy. Great show. Guys, if you're not listening to it, jump on over. Give it a listen. Uh, Patrick just posted about both of our shows being in like the top 100. It looked like very high up uh, yep. in the rankings of uh, all of the podcasts out there around automotive. Right. And I I, I want to say thank you. Thank yep. you to all of our listeners. Thank you to Patrick for, for spotting that and calling it out. Acknowledging this it. This is it really cool, man. Absolutely. We've been doing this. It's crazy. That it's crazy that so many people want to listen to us. I mean, they, they want to listen to the content. They care less about you and I. Paul. Right, right, right. right. But, you know, replaceable. It's, it's we're we're replaceable. But uh, you know, we we resonate well with a lot of individuals, and we have a lot of diehard listeners. I yeah. just had a customer. Uh, we did some work on his fuel system on a Ford, and he's getting in his truck, and he's like, "Man, he's like, you know, he lives in Texas. He's like, so I'm gonna drive this truck back home to Texas. He goes, uh, I'm gonna f- catch up on all the podcasts. He goes, that that's why." I you know, I, I reached out to you guys in the first place. Yeah. You know, whatever. So, it's really cool that uh, you know you you realize that the the podcast there's a there's a bigger picture, right? There's a bigger reach, and uh, you know, it's I always enjoy when we get the opportunity to talk to listeners and hey, love the podcast, very informative. I listen to it when I'm working on a truck or I'm driving with the family. Got to watch our language sometimes, Paul. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's it's super cool to be a part of this whole uh, this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Well said, Chris. Uh, guys, we don't want to take up too much of the time uh, just shooting the breeze here. We're going to jump into kind of a fun episode today. Uh, you're not going to have to listen to Chris and I talk the whole time. Nope, you're going to have to listen to Nick. <laughs> so uh, Nick Pregnitz, owner and founder at uh, Duramax Tuner, uh, Calibrated Power, where Chris and I, of course, work mm-hmm. full time. Uh, we do a Diesel Insight series over on the YouTube channel there. And we did this really, really cool Diesel Insights, and I really think our listeners are going to enjoy it. So let's let's not hold out any longer. Guys, a quick word from our sponsors. Treat, protect, and enhance the performance of your diesel fuel system year-round with XDP's Diesel Power Plus Fuel Additive. 
Specially formulated for all grades of diesel fuel, XDP's Diesel Power Plus gives you an all-in-one fuel additive that cleans and protects your fuel injection system while also providing you with a cetane and lubricity increase. Not only does Diesel Power Plus enhance the performance of your fuel system, it provides you with additional protection against the damaging effects of corrosion, water, and the formulation of algae and bacteria. This concentrated year-round formula is for use in all seasons and helps control icing and freeze-up during those cold winter months. With a standard dosage of 1 ounce per 32 gallons of fuel, one bottle can treat up to 500 gallons of diesel fuel. To find out more about XDP's Diesel Power Plus, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. What is Worley Custom Fab's thermostat bypass valve and why is it an important upgrade for your 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax? 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks feature a unique thermostat assembly for the Allison transmission which allows fluid to bypass the auxiliary cooler and use engine heat in the radiator coolant to reach ideal operating temps more quickly in cold weather. When the desired temperature is reached, the thermostat is supposed to open and allow fluid to flow forward into the auxiliary cooler which helps maintain transmission fluid temperatures at a safe level. Now the issue. This thermostat is prone to get stuck closed, so when the fluid gets hot and reaches the point that it needs to be cooled via the auxiliary cooler, the fluid is instead bypassed by the closed thermostat and returned to the transmission uncooled. Hotter fluid breaks down quicker, which leads to poor fluid performance and potentially premature damage and shortened transmission life. If you tow with your truck or live in a warm climate, this bypass plug is a must. Whether your truck is a daily driver, work truck, tow rig, or competition race truck, this is an issue that plagues all 17 to 19 L5Bs. When running one of WC Fab's shop trucks at the drag strip, they noticed temperatures reaching the unsafe zone. After some investigation, they found the auxiliary cooler up front was cool to the touch. The hot fluid was not making its way to the cooler. Upon further research, they found that even factory stock trucks were experiencing the same issue. With this discovery, the thermostat bypass plug was born. The CAD-designed, CNC-machined, anodized billet aluminum bypass plug requires a simple 15-minute installation. WC Fab has been building high-performance transmissions for the L5P platform for many years now and immediately started including this made-in-the-USA piece with every transmission that they build. Tested in-house on both their shop trucks and customer trucks, the Transmission Cooler Thermostat Bypass Plug for 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks can drop the fluid temperature from 15 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit by reducing fluid flow restriction to the trans cooler. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now, most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help, help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record 
for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive. Even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price, there's still a lot of labor that goes into that, that job. The fuel system saver increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck. It's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system saver. Hi, I'm Nick with DuramaxTuner.com. Today on Diesel Insights, we're gonna bring it back down to the basics. What I wanna to talk to you about this week is what separates a diesel truck from a gas truck. So more specifically, you guys who are running half-ton gas trucks, towing your campers, towing smaller trailers, you know, under 10,000 pounds, call it 7,000 or 8,000 pounds, whatever, uh, towards the limit of your half-ton truck. I get this question from friends. They say, well, sell me on diesel. Why should I, why should I switch from a gas truck to a diesel truck? And so the, the object of today's video is to show you, one, how a diesel truck tows and operates with a camper like that or a enclosed trailer like we have behind us right now similar weight uh, we're running about 5,000 6,000 pounds right now so so not at full capacity for a half ton truck but still you know good good load behind it um, we're gonna run it with a diesel truck talk about things to notice things that you'll notice driving the truck and then we're gonna run it with a gas truck so you can see kind of how the truck behaves and you know what as a driver you're gonna notice driving the gas truck versus the diesel truck truck that I'm driving today for the diesel is a 2001 LB7. It's got a Stealth 67 on it. It's got uh, some tuning, so the truck makes, you know, 650, 670 horsepower. I have it turned down a little bit. Um, really, I'm not going to be beating on the truck. I'm just going to show you what it runs like just towing, so you can see, you know, it, this isn't a race, this isn't a 0-60 to 60 trial. We already know the truck with the most horsepower is most likely to win there. But with the diesel, what I want to show you is just what the difference is when you, when you go to lean on the truck, when you, when you get the headwind, when you're needing to pass somebody, and also why the diesel truck has a tendency to get such better gas mileage or fuel mileage compared to the gas truck. So for this, uh, for this comparison, I have the option to run tow haul. I have the truck in tow haul just out of good practice. It doesn't really need to be in tow haul. I'll let it go up shift. So, really the difference between the diesel and the gas truck is in the power band. So two trucks, gas and a diesel, that make the same horsepower, the diesel truck is going to make that horsepower between say 2200 RPM and 2800 RPM, whereas the gas truck is going to make that horsepower at 4500 to 5500 RPM. And what that means is that when you need the power, when you need that horsepower, whether it is to pull through the wind or to pass or to lug or go uphill or whatever it is, when you need that power, you need RPM out of the gas truck. On a diesel, as you climb a hill, all you have to do really is lean on the throttle a little bit. The truck goes to 2,000 RPM, and it has really as much power as it'll ever need to crest a hill. As long as you're in that narrow power range of the diesel, call it between 2,200 and 3,100 or 2,000 and 3,000, really depends on which engine we're talking about, but call it two to 3,000 RPM. Anytime you're in that window on a diesel, even if you have a load behind the truck, all you have to do is lean into the throttle, just feed a little bit of throttle, and the truck lugs, boost comes up, and it just pulls. 
doesn't need to scream out to three or four or five thousand RPM or anything like that. It just pulls nice and smooth to two to three thousand RPM. That's the beauty of driving a diesel engine. Now, what does that mean for the rest of the driving situation, for the rest of your driving experience? Well, a few things. One, it's quieter. So on a gas truck, your wife, your kids, whoever you're towing with, they're all gonna notice that you have to run the truck exceptionally hard to make that extra power that you need. A gas truck running 4,500 RPM in second gear for six minutes straight is not a pleasant thing. Uh, something you're definitely gonna notice. Two, fuel mileage. So when you're running that high RPM, there's a huge parasitic load on the engine. Uh, that means that all that oil slinging around, all those valve train components, all the spinning and reciprocating mass in the engine, that's all costing you a lot of fuel. If you've ever looked at your, uh, your instant fuel consumption, let's say you run 35 miles an hour in third gear versus sixth gear or fifth gear, you would see a drastic difference in fuel consumption. That's because the faster you spin an engine, the worse it is for fuel mileage. That's the, that's the basics of diesel fuel mileage. Lower engine speed, higher torque, higher cylinder pressures, that's why you pay the extra premium for the parts because the parts have to be stronger to put up with that higher cylinder pressure but because they're designed to handle that large cylinder pressure and large torque load you can run very high horsepower at very low rpm which makes for a much more pleasant driving experience while towing now so far in our comparison we've talked about the difference between passing pulling so i'm already been up to speed right so what about when i need to bring the truck up to speed what about when i'm pulling away from a stop sign or you know, trying to get the truck onto an on-ramp or anything like that. Again, you can buy a 450 horsepower gas truck and you can buy a 445 or 475 horsepower diesel. So you can, you can get comparably equipped gas and diesel vehicles as far as horsepower ratings go. But what is the driver experience like? Right? Why would I pay an extra seven or $8,000 or whatever it is for a diesel when I could buy a gas truck with the same power and Presumably, it would accelerate my trailer the same same rate that it would a diesel. The short answer there, one word, I would say the one word is drama. On a gas engine, as you're getting on the on-ramp, or you're going to pass, or you're leaving a stoplight, or you're pulling out into traffic with some urgency, when you go to use that power, you're going to lean into the throttle, and that's going to tell the transmission, I want high shift points. And the reason I want high shift points is because I need a lot of power. So the only way to get that power on a naturally aspirated gas engine is to get that thing turning the RPM. So we're gonna hold first gear all the way out to 5,000 RPM and then we're gonna shift. You guys who've driven trucks, gas trucks, cars, whatever, you know 5,000 RPM isn't quiet in anything. On a diesel truck, I can get that same horsepower at 23 or 2400 RPM. So yeah, I might be using the same power that the gas guy is. I might be accelerating at the same rate that the gas truck is but the signal that I'm sending uh, to my family to my wife to my kids to the truck in general is just a much less drama so here's you know normal acceleration the truck shifts at 2400 rpm it just kind of calmly goes about its business it's not screaming, it's not revving all the way out. My gas mileage isn't going in the toilet completely every time I go to leave a stop sign. The truck gets up to speed, then grabs a high gear and lets me lug. 
and if you're good at driving a diesel truck you'll be able to push the truck right to that gradeability limit that lug limit right before you get a downshift and get the most out of the power band so on a diesel you have a nice wide power band you can push on the truck and and really feed it power without asking for more rpm so where does that power come from that power comes from turbocharging as you push the throttle the truck is going to call for more boost and more fuel and even though the engine speed remains the same the amount of fuel and air that that engine's consuming goes up and what that does is raise the torque and as we raise the torque and keep the engine at the same speed our power number goes up so there's really no drama all of a sudden the engine's just kind of chugging a little more and that chugging results in a nice smooth acceleration with the trailer it's a much more pleasant way to tow for anybody in the position of making this choice between a gas and a diesel truck you know there are other considerations aside from how well the diesel truck pulls there's the maintenance costs there's the resale cost there's the initial buy-in so there's you know a diesel truck is considerably more expensive to own and operate your mileage i would say a comparable equipped single wheel uh, three-quarter ton diesel truck it's going to get similar mileage to a half ton gas naturally aspirated truck is that apples to apples only you can decide right there's a you you may choose to spread the whole thing out for your comparison of expenses and, and see if it's good value for you my goal here in this presentation is just to give you an idea of the differences you can expect while towing all right so we're back and now we are in a half ton 5.3 liter truck it's got a six-speed trans this is probably what a 2014 or somewhere around there um, nice truck certainly comfier inside than my old LB7 uh, same trailer same weight everything the same hooked up um, this isn't a comparison between a three-quarter ton and a half ton truck uh, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to tell you that the uh, half ton truck doesn't really have the same suspension or the same uh, trailer just authority with the trailer being on c-rated tires and being on softer springs and all that stuff so we're gonna we're gonna you know kind of shut that stuff out and we're gonna try and focus on the power because that's really what our channel is about so the first thing I noticed with the gas truck is that the initial throttle response is quicker than the diesel okay and that's common in a gas vehicle all you have to do is open the throttle blade and the air is right there on a diesel you have to kind of wait for the turbocharger to spool up to get there after that initial hit of power though it's obvious to me that the gas truck is down on power at least on the low rpm side so whereas with the diesel i could kind of just laze along and, and have enough power at 15 or 1600 rpm to pull the trailer i noticed that the gas uh, the gas truck kind of to get to the same speed at the same rate really needs to crest 3000 rpm to take advantage of some of that extra rpm uh, to make the power that we need to get this trailer up to speed i have it in tow haul right now it's just hanging out at 2100 rpm you know for apples to apples i'm going to turn tow haul off and let it go down and just try and try and pull the trailer at you know 1100 rpm or whatever and, and there's just no way that this engine can do that so i'm stuck at 45. come on baby come on okay there's one downshift we're at 1500 rpm now we're kind of gaining one mile an hour two mile an hour and this is on basically a flat grade up to 50. 
not awful. So I'm able to kind of maintain speed in uh, what fifth gear. As soon as I hit a little rise, I'm losing speed. One downshift, two downshifts. There's 3,000 RPM, just kind of holding 3,100. Okay, now we're back up over the hill. Pretty, pretty typical for for gas, <laughs> for how that feeling is on a gas truck. I mean, you can hear this thing working for it. It's it's certainly using fuel to get us up to speed. 3,200, 3,300 RPM before it grabs the next gear, and that, that just I would just call that comfortable acceleration. Of course, I could wrap it out further and you know go to 4,000 or 5,000 RPM if I wanted to. I'd call that beating on the truck. Uh, that's not necessary, but just just normal driving. Um, you know, I'd say it feels feels appropriate to have the truck up around 3,000 RPM accelerating. One thing I, I noticed right away on this truck is that it's just it's shifting more. So it, it wants to upshift to save fuel. And then as soon as I go to accelerate or I see any kind of incline in the hill, uh, it's, it's downshifting. Just, just to get the power it needs to kind of get up over the hill. I feel more anxious driving the truck. <laughs> so it, it just puts me a little more on edge, like I'm just having to kind of look out a little more, be aware of my surroundings, uh, just be aware of the engine. I'm trying to kind of drive around that that drama, I'm trying not to force it to have to work so hard. So with the diesel, I was not forced to run in tow haul. I didn't feel like that was necessary at this kind of weight. But with this truck, I just feel like it's too it's too eager to go into high gear and try and lug compared to what it should be doing, which is holding the, holding the lower gear a little bit longer just to stay ready and, and really keep itself happy and keep itself from lugging excessively. Um, it feels like it'd be more comfortable running in tow haul with this kind of trailer weight behind it, which I said is in the five to 6,000 pound range. So I'm finding myself trying to drive right on that limit constantly of forcing the downshift or not forcing the downshift. And of course I have the option to go to manual mode or I can go to tow haul and, and, and you know keep it a little happier. Um, what I'll tell you about running in tow haul is that anytime you ask the truck to run high RPM for a long period of time, you're really going to see your fuel mileage go in the toilet, and nobody wants that. So if, if you can, you know, if the truck is happy with it or you feel like you can drive with it like that, it's, it's my experience that driving in normal mode is usually better um, long term for fuel mileage. Of course, if I go to tow, I'm at 50 right now, 50 miles an hour, and it wants to it wants to hang out at 1100 RPM and just kind of like lug along. If I click it into tow haul, here it seems a little bit happier. We're at 1600 RPM now, and it, it feels like it's just can handle the load a little bit better. I feel anxious about pulling out into traffic here, whereas normally I cannot have that feeling.
So how do we summarize the difference between these two trucks, right? What is, if you're, if you're doing this, you should consider this. If you're doing that, you should consider that, right? Here's, here's my break point. I would say that if you are using your truck to, to tow regularly, uh, let's, that's every, every uh, couple weeks during the summer, right? You're going on road trips, you got your family in the truck, and you're already in a situation where me as a family man, I'd be prone to a little more stress in that situation. Towing at full vehicle capacity, so towing at your max uh, vehicle rating with a gas truck, naturally aspirated gas truck, especially if you're in the mountains, especially if you're in the heat, you're in any kind of inclement conditions that is going to take more power away from the truck, it's going to be more stressful for you to tow with that vehicle than it is to tow with the diesel of comparable power output, um, you know, comparable single wheel, single wheel truck. If, if you're not towing that often and you know you're making one or two trips a year and it's your daily driver I would say lean towards the gas truck and just kind of put up with it when you have to tow just expect that hey I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna have to be on my game a little more when I'm towing with this thing and you know you'll you'll deal with it you'll live um, you'll get passed on the hills and you'll have a little bit more stress in your life while towing but you know, there's, there's a cash trade-off there, and that's the way life is. <laughs> Just look back, I got three cars behind me. What you gotta remember is when the manufacturers are rating these vehicles for towing, you know, they're taking a lot of things into consideration. Uh, the braking ability, the acceleration ability, the ability to manage the load over uh, different hills and obstacles and whatever else you're getting into. The manufacturer wants to give the vehicle the highest tow rating that it possibly can because that way they can be more attractive to a wide variety of buyers and they can sell more trucks. It's important you know that. It's important that you know that you know the way that you drive might be different than the way the guy who tested the truck for its towing capacity drives. You might be expecting to drive a little quicker, you might be expecting a little more control, a little more command, you might be even thinking about upgrading your trailer in the next two years, in which case you might have to buy another truck. So consider all those things before you make the purchase. As always with our videos, this is intended to be a primer. This is kind of to get your, get your feet wet, uh, give you the basics that you need to know. There's no substitute for going out and getting the data yourself. Best case scenario, the dealership lets you test towing with a diesel or a gas or both on your own trailer so you can see the difference. If they won't let you, go to a different dealer. I'm Nick Pregnance with Duramax Tutor. It's been a Diesel Insight. Chris, what a great show. Very informative. I, I remember shooting this. So I, I get to work on like some of the video stuff. Uh, so I remember we put that together a couple months ago. Uh, it took a while to like shoot the video and everything. But it was one of those that I remember as we were shooting, I'm like, shit, man, I'm learning something man, as we do this. <laughs> I hate, I hate, you know, I, I I always tell guys, you know, they're like, oh, you know a decent amount. It's like, yeah, you know what, I always learn something, right? The day that I don't learn something here, I probably shouldn't be employed here, right? Yeah. Um, but it is always crazy to me when we walk into a topic of discussion where I, I think I know what I need to know, <laughs> and you realize, like, you know just the tip of the iceberg, right? That's like, it. You know just enough, but here's, here's the full story, and... Uh, you know, Nick is always good for correcting, informing, and guiding when it comes to that type of stuff. Well, and and you know that that reminds me, um, 
Guys, keep, keep it out. So if you guys enjoyed today's episode uh, and you liked hearing that kind of real heavy technical content from Nick, jump on over to the Duramax Tuner YouTube page and subscribe. There is another video coming up about CP3 regulators. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you that, again, after a, a decade of dicking with this stuff, uh, Nick and I learned more about how a regulator works in about an hour yesterday <laughs> than I think I really have understood over the past 10 years. So yeah. so it, it is one of those opportunities where even when you think you know, because we've talked to customers yeah. about regulators for years, um, but I had never opened one up. There you go. I never saw like the inside and the components and like when they talk about like oh an LBZ regulator is different than an LB7. It's like yeah we know that we know the tune adjustments right. we know like the symptoms. But how does the internal components work? But like when you actually see the difference, it it's pretty pretty cool, man. Very cool. So so yeah so I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Look back, I got three cars behind me.